Hello and welcome to Hugenhoff Podcast Episode 50. So we finally made it to 50 episodes. That's neat. For a weekly podcast, that wouldn't be something to brag about. But since we're monthly, that means we've been doing it for 50 months. And since I can't do math, I don't know how many years that is, but it's quite a few. Uh, you guys can do the math at home if you want to. Anyway, that's kind of exciting. Uh, so I do have Lore with me today, which I'm always glad to have him on. Lore, how are you doing? Doing all right. Okay. By the way, I did the math. It's four years and some. Four years. Wow. So that's a long time. Almost five years. So that's kind of cool. Um, before we get started, I need to do my station news so I don't forget. Um, please do check out my website at hugenhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. And if you had any emails, which could be... Uh, comments on what we talked about, what you think, or show ideas, because we'd love to have more show ideas. That we, we had a good one last week, or last month rather. I always like uh, knowing what the people listening are interested in. So you can send those as well, and the email that is best is hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. You can find that on my site, but it's just hugenhoff, H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F podcast.com or at gmail.com. Also, I do want to mention Northern Runes Radio. If you did not find us through them, check them out. They've got a lot of interesting stuff going on. I really like Dan's stuff. He's uh, re-releasing the Runic series he did a while ago, and I really like that series. So it's definitely worth a listen. I did a rune series, but it's very short and to the point. All 24 runes in one episode. So just like an overview, not really getting into the details. Dan, on the other hand, really goes into the details and brings in all the like different systems. He brings in the Elder Futhark, the Younger Futhark, and the Armanen. So he, he does a good job. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, I want to say I created a I want to say, because it's true, I did create a tool to help me release the podcast a little easier and sort of change my uh, hosting around where I'm hosting at archive.org. So I have not had a chance to use the tool yet because I've been getting the backlog onto archive.org. But last month's podcast was hosted from there. So if you got last month's, then it's working fine. But if there's any weird glitches or something doesn't work right send me an email and let me know so that i can change it uh i mean it's probably just it's probably going to be something simple to change but you know how when you try something new things can go wrong so uh like if anything doesn't work just let me know or if something weird happens let me know um well i I can tell you episode 49 if you go to the web page it still links to your web page for the mp3 but it doesn't actually go to anything oh dear it doesn't okay thank you very much that is one of the things that i will fix um if you're just looking at it looking for it at archive.org i think you can just search hugenhoff it's a pretty straightforward um what do you call it formula that i use so yeah, I'll get that fixed and I'll get the other ones linking correctly. But yeah, if anybody else notices any problems, please do let me know. Just send me an email. And thank you, Laura, for letting me know about that. Okay, so I I think that's it for the introduction, except if anybody wants to read a book, Laura has some books. Where would you find those? 
You can go to Amazon.com and search for Stephen Oaks, S-T-E-V-E-N-O-A-K-S, and look for The Outsider Trilogy. That is my first three books. And also, if you look for me, you'll find my poetry book, which is titled Horizon, A Year of Poems. Yep. And so that's what I got. Out. Or you can just go to stephenoaks.com, and there's basically links for everything there, too. And there's links to, like, follow your blog or whatever there, aren't there? Uh, stephenoaks.com? Yes. The blog also shows up on the Amazon store, too. So either way. Okay, well, there you go. So, if you want to read Lore's books, that's where you can find them. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes as well. Okay, so with all that out of the way, let's jump into today's topic. We might actually, we're probably going to have two topics, because the first one, I believe we've gone over, but it's just so important, it bears repeating. So, we're going to start with those, and then we might move into some technology stuff, and when it's appropriate to use and, and not use, and stuff like that. But I <laughs> want to start with oaths, which, and also true, pretty, okay, so there's a lot of things that I disagree with other Austruers about. And, you know, that's fine. There's there's nothing wrong with disagreeing with people. We all have a unique way of viewing the world. But there's just a lot I disagree with other people about. But one of the things, and there's a lot of uh, different people with different ideas in Austruer in general, but one of the things that really seems fairly consistent is the importance of oaths and the idea that you cannot break an oath. And when you make an oath, it's a big deal, it's important, and there's all sorts of stories about how important oaths are and how people don't break oaths and how the gods themselves don't break oaths, even when it'd be convenient to do so. One of my favorites, which I just want to mention quickly, is Tyr. He promised the Fenris wolf because they were trying to bind him. The wolf was like, well, one of you guys have to stick your hand in my mouth as like as as part of the deal so uh tier volunteered to do that and the story says that you know he sticks his hand in the mouth and then they bind him then the wolf struggles and struggles and strains and he can't get out of his binding and snaps tier's hand off now tier could have taken his hand out of the wolf's mouth and kept it but he didn't because he said that he the agreement they had is he'd put it in his mouth and he, the wolf could take it if, if he couldn't break the bonds, which he couldn't, and Tyr knew that when he began. So that's a major sacrifice that was taken just to keep one's words. Uh, there's all sorts of other stories that go over similar situations. Uh, the, the fact that the gods can't simply kill Loki, they have to bind him, is because Odin and Loki took a uh, blood oaths early on when they were quote-unquote on the same side and killing him wasn't an option even though that would have been easier and even though that would have possibly prevented Ragnarok or at least made it less bad he couldn't do that because you can't break oaths so Lore what are some of your opening thoughts on on oaths just in in general whatever you want to say well my opening thought is particularly well you number one should know what you're oathing to because if you don't, then you might be binding yourself to something that could just go poorly later on because you might not be able to fulfill it. Um, the example that comes to my mind is when you join the military, they oftentimes have you repeat words. 
Do you know what those words are that you're about to repeat? Do you agree with them? Is that something you're going to do? Because I, I take oaths very seriously, as I think the majority, or at least the majority I know, of people who are also true. And it's kind of weird to think we're in a society that just kind of gives you words to say, and you just say them, and whatever, you know? Dishonorable discharge, that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's just my a, thoughts. No, that's a good point. Um, and I know there's a decent number of military people in Ossetro, and they might take those O's more seriously than everybody else does, which is good, and I mean, you really should take O's seriously, and you should be careful about what you oath to and what you don't. I mean, I personally didn't join the military, but I have a lot of respect for people who do, and um, most of the people I know, the people I'm friends with who are in the military, seriously do take their oath to the military very, very seriously, and they, they want to violate it. Um, um, so, yeah, that's a big deal. And, and, you know, that's one of the ones with serious consequences. If you've taken this oath that you need to take to get into the military and someone commands that you go die for them, you kind of have to. I mean, mm -hmm. to fulfill your oath, you have to do that. And the hope is that your country would not frivolously send the military into a place to die for no good reason. But depending on your political ideals, you may agree or disagree with that. But when you're in the military, when you've taken an oath to do that, all of that is sort of, um, is sort of a moot point. If you're commanded to go into a combat situation, your oath binds you to do that, and you have to do that. And uh, I've, I've got a friend who's in the military, well, was in the military. He's out now. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him, though, because he was honorably discharged. He followed the rules, and he did what he had to do. I don't remember, I've got a, I've actually got a few friends in the military, and at least a few of them actually saw active combat, and I know them personally, and I know politically they're not fans of war. Not as in they're pacifists, but as in they don't agree with the wars that we're currently in. And they didn't agree with the war that they were part of and sent on the front lines to fight for. But they took that oath. And I just have a huge amount of respect for someone who can do that. Who can say, I took this oath, so I have to do it. You know, this is this is the framework of the country. I agree with the framework of the country. I agree with how we make our rules and whatever, and I'm willing to oath to that. And even when I don't like the specifics, the specifics, I'm still going to go out and fight, even though I don't think we should be in this war at all. And I will try to change it, but by voting and getting different people in office. But right now I have to go fight because I took an oath that I would. Um, and just not only that, I have, there's... Oh, Sorry. Sorry. There's no duration for the oath. I, I looked it up just so I could look at it. Yeah. No duration. You are oathing to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestics. And then you also oath that you will bear the true faith and allegiance to the same, along with obeying the orders of the president and the officers appointed over them. For yeah. ever. There's no yeah, true. stopping point for that oath. Right. And most of it seems pretty good, but that whole obeying the president thing is, is one of the reasons I could never join the military. I mean, defending the Constitution, I'm like, okay, 
I guess I could get behind that. I mean, um, I can owe to a single person if I know them, but a presidency changes. Right, right, exactly. And that's the part that makes me uncomfortable. Constitution's fine, but yeah. it also can be changed, so that's I don't know. That's true, that's true. It's, um, even that's a risky position because as it's a living document, and I mean, in America, I suppose it's more important, it's, it's important, um, Overseas, it's not so much because they're not bound by it. But um, <clears throat> the way it works is if there's enough of a majority, like three quarters or something, I can't remember, uh, they can change it. I mean, you could change the Constitution to be people don't have rights anymore. I mean, it would I mean, kind of be a stretch to do that. But yeah, well, if you made an come amendment. In for that because, right. uh, okay, we're also true, and we do bloats, and when we do bloats, we drink mead. Well, there was a point in time mm. when alcohol was illegal. So right. you couldn't have sworn its oath and still drank mead. That's true. That's actually a really good point because I was trying to think of like what could they do. But that's a good point. You couldn't properly observe your religion if it was in the prohibition times and also be upholding the Constitution because you'd be in violation. No, I don't know violation. about the Catholics, though. Because remember, Catholics take one. Oh, I'm sure they have an exception. They always get one. Maybe there is an exception. I don't know. I don't know for sure. The separation of church and state? I don't know. I bet there is an exception. I mean, I, I don't... I've never looked into that part of prohibition, so I don't know, but I bet there is an exception. And I mean, you could argue, oh, well, you don't need to drink wine, you can just drink apple juice. And it's like, okay, I guess that's better than nothing, but I would much rather drink meat. You know, it's got roots in history, and there's a lot of good reasons to drink um, alcohol, because it's a little bit mind-altering, so that's kind of neat. It gets you in a different state of mind, and, you know, it's the drink of Odin. It's the only thing that Odin drinks, and he's one of the gods we're communing with. So I would not be willing to give that up. So if I, for example, took an oath to uphold the Constitution, then they changed it, I'd be in a real tricky place. I mean, I, I would not want to be in that place. So that's one of the things that you kind of have to think about when you take an oath, and this, like, oath to the military, excuse me, this oath to the military is a good example of something that could get you in trouble. And then, of course, the president thing as well. Are, are you going to follow the orders of the president if you don't agree with them? Because if you've taken the oath, you kind of have to. You, you, don't, you don't have a lot of choice. Yep. And that's why I brought it up, because I think it's an interesting point. Uh, Things can change, and that's why you have to think about your oaths before taking them. And you, when you make an oath, it always should be, you know, for the lifetime of the oath, which, generally speaking, you don't necessarily put a time limit on it. That duration right. thing I was talking about, eh, not a huge deal, but the fact that other things change right, and aren't right. consistent throughout the whole life of yourself, not, well, not a great thing. Well, and there's there's other O's um, that fall into similar problems, but I, I have taken and, and would be willing to take is uh, things like, oh, if you owe to a kindred would be an example, but I think the most obvious one that everyone has probably dealt with, not everybody knows well, I'll say, is marriage. You mm -hmm. owe to be with this other person, and depending on the wording of your ceremony, but traditionally you owe to be with this other person until you die. 
I think they say death do its part because until you die sounds kind of not good. Uh, anyway, now now the thing that why that's good with the kindred and the marriage both is because you are putting a huge amount of trust in that other person and they're putting a huge amount of trust in you because you're saying look i know you might change i know that if you're a bad person you could take advantage of this and be a jerk and trap me in a crappy relationship now if they're beating you or something they have broken their mm-hmm. end of the contract they have not and respect is usually in the word somewhere to something along those lines but you know they have broken their friendship with you and they've broken um they've broken an oath in that case they've they've broken the basic human respect for you and at that point in time you would be morally excused to like get a divorce or leave the well, because you're you're oathing together when you right. take a the armed forces one the other person isn't there yeah, it's true. They're uh, the not president. bound. They're not bound by the same oath that you are. They do take an oath of office as well. That's true. But, That's true. And they oath to uphold the Constitution. I right. Think. They're supposed to oath for that. <laughs> so, I mean, that that's actually interesting. It could be an out. If you're like, okay, the president just asked me to do something horrible, but he doesn't have the right to be president because he broke his oath to uphold the constitution so i am not bound by him because he's president in name only he's lost the true office because he's broken his oath then you could morally not follow the order again if that's going to happen that's kind of a stretch um but back to the marriage example someone always breaks their oath in a divorce mm-hmm. if you're being beaten and you leave yes you're morally right to do that and you did the right thing but the person who is beating you broke their oath they broke their oath to respect you and treat you like a human being so they're still an oath breaker in the situation it's the person mm-hmm. doing the beating there's always someone at fault it could be both people but there's always at least one person in f- at fault when an oath is broken like that. Unless and unless your wedding ceremonies, which a lot of my friends have done this, say something to the effect, as long as love shall last. Because then you don't love each mm. other and you can both leave. So you've given yourself an out clause, which I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just <laughs> saying it's practical in a lot of ways because you're not taking the same amount of risk. You're like, well, until we don't like it anymore. And, and that's and- a good thing for some people. And that's why I respect your oath when you got married, because it means you both have to work hard to stay together because you're right. oath to. Not right. that you don't love each other or anything, but it, it just takes the form of, okay, we're going to put some effort into this and just instead of slacking off because, well, you know, maybe it's not working out and we'll just move on. Right. And I think that's one of the powers of oaths, because too often I think I make oaths sound too dire, and they kind of are, but I don't think my intention is to make people not take them anymore. Um, If you really want to do something, if it's stay together with a certain person for the rest of your life or write a book or whatever it might be, if you oath to do such a thing, it is a huge motivation to succeed at the thing that you want to do because you're sort of forcing yourself into a situation where you have no choice but to do it. So I think that... O's can be a very powerful thing, a very powerful motivator in that sense. So, yeah, we we just read how specific and enduring the 
oathing into the military is. Mm-hmm. Listen how wishy-washy the oath of presidents is. It basically says they solemnly swear that they will faithfully execute the office of the president of the United States will, to the best of their abilities, preserve, mm-hmm. protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Okay, so What's the best of your ability. I'm just yeah, not like, good hey, at it. I'm just a tyrant at heart. It's not my fault. I took everybody's rights away and declared martial law. That's the best I could have. You should have seen what I wanted to do to this country. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. That is a little weaker. And ironically, you think the presidency would be more hardcore since you're the president, but apparently not. That's 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 sort of a bummer. Um, yeah. We expect a lot out of our military people. I'm glad that people are we do. willing to do it because I wouldn't be. It's, <laughs> it's it's just I want it. There's it's not like it pays great, and the benefits are okay. But like the amount of oaths that you take, and like you said, the oath is for life. All of that other stuff going into it, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. That's why I have a lot of respect for people that do it. Um. Okay, so another thing I usually do when we talk about O's, which I want to bring up once again, is the idea of... Because you might be like, oh, O's are stupid, I've never done anything similar to an oath before. O's are really fundamental for our society at large, and I'm just going to mm-hmm. give a simple example. Now, this isn't the type of solemnly sworn oath in front of the gods and everything else, but it's the same idea of a binding contract because that's what an oath is a binding contract like if you want to buy a car and you don't have enough money to buy a car because no one does well some people do a lot of people don't or you want to buy a house would be a better example you will basically swear to the insurance or swear to the loan company that if they give you a bunch of money you'll pay them back with an ungodly amount of interest and then they give you a bunch of money and then you pay them back that mortgage that you're paying every month and that loan you have with the car company or the house company mortgage company is your word you have given your word that you'll pay them back so they've loaned you money so that's sort of like a slightly weaker but that's still an oath and and there's there's things in there like well what happens if you can't and there's exceptions it's not like well you're a terrible person it's like well we're just going to take the house when you're not all of a sudden immoral necessarily, but you don't have a house anymore, so that sucks. Uh, so anyway, that's how society works. If there was no such thing as a loan, new businesses couldn't start. Only the richest of the rich would own houses, period. And I doubt anybody would have a... Co- well, everybody would have like really junky, falling apart cars, and the world wouldn't be as good as much as I hate debt in a lot of ways. I hate being in debt. I hate that this country has such a problem with debt. The things that we have and the life that we're able to live is due to debt. Debt makes a lot of things possible. And if no one trusted anyone and O's were truly meaningless, we couldn't have the type of society that we have today. So I think O's are like really important even even on like a daily basis type of thing um and of course this goes with friendships and stuff like too like that too if you've got a friend 
who always, you know, maybe he's not taking an oath, this is the watered down version, but he's always like, oh yeah, I'll give you that thing, and then never does, you're eventually going to stop asking and stop trusting him as much as a friend, or if he's always like, yeah, yeah, I'll come over, and then doesn't, you're going to stop inviting him over. So just the power of your word is very important on a personal level for friendships and stuff, and on an economic level, because you bring in loans and stuff like that. So yeah. Sorry, I, I just went and looked up the citizen's oath for the Citiz United States as well. Oh, what's the citizen's it's, oath? Uh, so like you've written, uh, what is it? Oath of citizenship, right? Oh. So when oh. you are, become a citizen of the United States, you have to swear an oath. Right. And it's Got very it. similar to the military oath. A little bit longer, actually, though, too. Because you renounce any other fidelity that you had with any other oh, okay. country, state, or whatever. And you will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. You will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. You will bear arms on behalf of the United States when required by law. You will perform non-combatant service in the armed forces required by law. Okay. Perform work of national importance when required by law. This kind of stuff. It just goes on and on. Hmm. And, and I suppose, being a citizen to a country, it's not unreasonable to ask that much it's of someone. It's not. However, as people who live in the United States and were born here, we've never had to oath that. True, true. Um, there are a lot of advantages to being born into whatever country you're living in. Meaning that someone coming in has a higher standard of entry to get mm -hmm. here because, you know, they weren't born here. And yeah, it is all luck, basically. But I, I mean, I don't disagree with that either. And I understand a lot of it probably has to do with espionage and stuff like that. You know, you can't just invite foreign spies over and then when they spy, be like, oh, we told you not to. And they're like, no, actually, you didn't. So, so, uh, but I mean, I'm looking at like other countries as examples for their oaths of citizenship, mm -hmm. and they're not that military at all. Like in Australia, you just say, "I pledge my loyalty to Australia and its people, whose democratic really? beliefs I share, whose rights and liberties I respect, and whose laws I will uphold and obey." That's it. I well, I suppose however the country wants to do it. Um, right. <laughs> I don't have a huge problem with that. I guess maybe we are a little stricter than the other countries, and maybe that's stricter. a problem. It's very militaristic. Yep, we're a very militaristic country, mm. and I'm not going to discuss that because that gets very political. Um, it can, it can. I know that we have a lot of the similar politics on that, but I. One of the things with also true is you know I've I've actually heard this, and we might depending on how long this goes, we might have to skip technology, but this is a good conversation. I've heard this idea that we should be like, okay, so when we're trying to like find us true people or whatever, we should all like, how do I put this? Like one of the big tenets should be our politics. So we should be like really vocal about our politics and we shouldn't let the other party in and politics is just part of Ossetrue. So we're like libertarian Ossetruers, or we're liberal Ossetruers, or Democrat Ossetrue, or Republican Ossetrue, or whatever. 
I think that's a terrible idea. I believe that you can get along with another human being, even if your political stance is different. And if someone wants to commune with the gods, and you see the gods in a similar way, who cares if their politics are different? I, I wouldn't like, oh, oh, you're a really cool guy. I love playing D&D with you. Oh, but you're, uh, you're a liberal. I can't play anymore. I'm sorry. I'm going to go vote for Trump. Uh, <laughs> um, but <laughs> sorry, that's stupid. You can still have a very meaningful relationship with other people. And most importantly, if you're like running a kindred or something, do your best to create a space where they can commune with the gods. I'm not going to say you're not allowed in because you're the wrong political party. Uh, and this was a big thing. It was like, no, no, we're, we're going to get bad people if we don't go after political party X. W what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are a little quote from Robert A. Heinlein, which says, I never learned anything from a man I agreed with. All right. And that's yeah. all I really have to say. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it just it just seems like a terrible idea to make our pool of people who you know might be interested really, really tiny. Um, but but yeah, if they're oathing into a kindred... I don't know if politics should play a huge part, but certainly the way uh, conversations flow doesn't necessarily stem from our uh, political stance. It it stems from our understanding of the lore, but the interpretation of the lore, as far as I can see, I mean, it, it's very about taking control of yourself and making sure you do good and you do good for your family and friends kind of thing. And if someone interprets that differently... That's kind of political-ish, maybe? I, I, and I, I can, can see that. I can see where politics could influence your ideas. But I think you could just talk about your ideas and see if you're on the same page. There's plenty of lib or there's plenty of Democrats that I'm very good friends with and plenty of Republicans I'm very good friends with. And I can agree with them and come to common grounds with them on most important things obviously who i want to be president is not one of those things but like if they were in you know i've told them about austro it's not their thing but if they were interested in austro i would not have a problem with like inviting them to the kindred or whatever because they're good moral upstanding people and you know there's good reasons to be each of the political parties and not just republican democrat we've got lots of parties in the country. Most of them are underrepresented and not reported on. We've got a whole lot of parties in this country, and I think there's good reasons to be in each of those parties. So, I just think the idea of limiting somebody on something as trivial as politics seems a little silly. Well, I wouldn't say politics is trivial, but it's not the overarching thing for a kindred, I would say. Well, yeah, that that might be a better way. Yeah, obviously politics is important, but there's a lot of other things that are more important. And, you know, I think this is something in large society needs to remember. Politics is not the most important thing in the universe. I don't think most people think that, but I think there's a few people who just dedicate their lives to being Well, political. I mean, the people you vote in are your representatives, and if you don't get a good representative you're going to get bad things new laws that you don't agree with or 
you know, policies put into place that you wouldn't agree with. Those kinds right. of things. Like, uh, like right. if, if you were voting all Christians in and all these Christians really didn't like any other religion, well, you wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah, I, I think voting, for example, is an important thing. And, well, informed voting is very important to do. But that requires that you spend, you know, a couple hours a week looking at people and looking at what they want and what they don't want and stuff like that. It doesn't require dedicating your entire life and having every conversation you ever have be about politics. And that's what some people I know get into. And I like them because politically they've got some neat ideas. And I like talking to them and keeping up with the news. But they don't talk about something if it's not politics. And I Mm -hmm. think that goes too far. I don't think there should be anything you talk about to the exclusion of everything else. We need to have some sort of balance in our lives. And, And I mean, you could do it with Austro too. If if every conversation I had in my entire life was about Austro, that would be a problem. It that's not now. Obviously, I'm talking about Austro on the Hugenhoff podcast because it's a podcast <laughs> about Austro. But I assume my listeners listen to you know however many Austro podcasts, but they've probably got a couple other podcasts and they probably talk about other things. I just think that an important thing in general, and then this is something that I think kind of comes up in the lore, is to have some sort of balance. You just can't do one thing to the exclusion of all else. And some people do that with politics. It's just like, politics is the only thing that matters, and everything else is irrelevant. And and I, I just think that's going too far. And I guess that's evidenced by the fact I don't care if a person of a different political party were to join my kindred, that that wouldn't be like a deal stopper. So. I don't think it would be for me. Because like I said, I like to learn a bunch of different things. And if my stance is one way, I want to talk to someone who has a different stance. It's going Mm -hmm. to give me insight into different viewpoints and... I get to show my ideas, they get to show their ideas. It's fun. It's conversation. If we're all the same, what are we going to talk about? Right, right, exactly. And I mean, it would be different if it's a different thing. Since this is a religious um, thing, you wouldn't be like, oh, well, I think this Buddhist has some interesting ideas. Because they probably do. I think the Buddhist religion is interesting. I have a Buddhist friend. Um, But I wouldn't invite him to the kindred because it's like, well... I like you, but this is not, not the right Ossetru. place for that. You're not Ossetro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't do that, obviously. But yeah, anything else, if you happen to be a political party that's different than my own, then whatever, that's fine. Um, it kind no. of along the same lines, another thing I heard was like, uh, we should we should really only be dealing with this um, culture or that culture or this subculture or that subculture like like we shouldn't we shouldn't let country folk into the kindred because they're dumb and I don't want to be a part of them or we shouldn't let heavy metal people in the kindred because they're dumb and I don't want to be a part of them and that was a similar idea that I thought was was wrong it's like you can be whatever even more than politics you can be whatever culture you want you can listen to whatever music you want and that should not affect whether or not i'm willing to talk to you about the gods 
So there's there's all these things going on where it's like, oh, here's some dumb criteria. What was that? And I disagree with that. Okay, so yeah, I, I think we're on the same page. But yeah, it's something that I wanted to mention for people to kind of think about. Uh, so we have fifteen minutes ish. Actually, maybe twenty. I don't remember. We have we have twenty five. Okay, so you want to jump into technology? Sure, technology and what you can use at a bloat. <laughs> okay, so I want an HTC Vive and a mm-hmm. GTX 1080. If someone mm-hmm. could mail it in, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I mean, I really do want those, but I really don't want anyone to mail them in. They're way too expensive for that. Um, uh, technology I wanted to talk about. Okay, so technology is a part of our daily lives now, but also in Austria, you have the idea of honoring the ancestors, and you have the idea, especially with the Vonic gods and the Alfar, of respecting the land and returning to nature sort of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think there's an interplay between technology, how much is too much, how much can we get away with using and how much do we need to stick with more like historical ways of doing things um so i'll I'll give an easy example and and we're gonna just talk about it a little bit but like lore reads the lore that's why we call him that he's the lore warden at at our kindred and he'll always bring a story or sometimes a poem i actually like both of them a lot they're good uh and he'll save it on his phone because that's what you do these days you don't run out papers and walk around with them because it's not 1912 so he'll write it 1980s come on (laughs) yeah i know i know so he'll write it on his computer or phone or whatever and then he'll have a copy on his phone which is nice because he just pulls out his phone he can read it it doesn't matter that we're in a darkened room because the phone is backlit so that's not a thing um and i think it works really well, I've never had any problem with that. I don't feel like we should be like, oh, well, the ancestors didn't have cell phones, so that's not allowed. I I think that's justified. But then, like, on the flip side, I don't want to have Minecraft blow because that's going too far. We need to have some amount of actual community and be in a physical proximity, in my mind, to be effective. I was going to ask a question then. So, since I have my phone out and I'm reading the poem or the you story... You cannot okay? catch Pokemon. Oh, why can't I catch Pokemon? Come on. I'm, no. <laughs> no. Everyone turns Pokemon Go off during blow. That's a rule. Fine. All right. So, that, that's too much technology then, is what you're saying. Right. And, and I think the reasoning there... So, the phone is a tool that you are using to properly recall the words that you have written. It's totally a point of bloat. Playing Pokemon (laughs) during bloat is a distraction. And you don't want technology to be a distraction. So that's one point. Anything that is a distraction is not something I would want you to use. Like, I don't want you reading the New York Times during bloat. One, you're not a 90-year-old man. Two, (laughs) it would be a distraction. And yeah, both of them are words on a screen, but one of you is taking, one of them is taking you out of bloat and another one is putting you in to bloat. What Uh, if I find an article 
on the New York Times or some other website that I would like to share during bloat, that's fine. Because it, it, it's somehow about bloat or something. I feel like that would be a thing. No, that wouldn't be fine. And here's how I do it. Before bloat, you could say, hey, I found this article and I think it's really neat. I want to mention it at bloat. And then, sure, you could mention it, but unless there's a really awesome quote that you're going to read from an at bloat, I don't think it'd be appropriate, really. And I don't think there is going to be a really awesome Probably thing, not. A really awesome that quote me, that you'd want to read in front me. of the gods. It le- leads me to the next question, though, because we've had this conversation before. It was years and years ago, though. Yeah. Um, swords at bloat, right? Yeah. So, like, we're doing a bloat to tear or something like that, and, and we get a sword. Uh, usually, I would just bring a knife. So that's what I have. Right. And but symbolically, we also, it works. But we also talked about a samurai sword, because that's the sword I might have or something. If we brought that to bloat. You were opposed to that idea, right? Foreign shape, but who's making these swords anyway? Like, if you had like a, oh man, I forget the name of the Viking sword. It starts with an F. I could be wrong. Mm, You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But like, Uh, who's making those? It's made in China, probably. Right, right. They will be in, in all likelihood, unless you get a really nice one. And and I think the difference there, again, is symbolically, this is a reminder of our ancestors. So, mm-hmm. like, I like the idea, I, I don't usually, but I like the idea of having a copy of the Havamaw on the Stali when we do bloat. Mm-hmm. Because that is the written word of our ancestors, just like the sword is a design created by our ancestors. Now... That book was probably written in China, but it still represents something our ancestors made. Whereas mm-hmm. I wouldn't want like a bunch of of like Buddhist sutras on the stali, even if <laughs> they were made by our ancestor, like they were made in Europe or something. I don't want them there because symbolically that is not our ancestry, and that's not what we're doing at the time. Now, we'll before see, I get hate mail, oh, sorry, I love the sutras. You should read them. It's just not appropriate at bloat. Well, anyway. see, that wraps it up to say, okay, so things that are okay at bloat, technology or whatnot, it just has to be a reminder of the past of what, uh, what our ancestors might have done. So, like, you bring right. something to read, that's fine at bloat because yeah. you're reading something that's reminding you of the ancestors and however you do it that's fine uh, a sword that doesn't look right no because that's not symbolic a sword that looks right no matter where it's from is fine because it recognizes the symbology uh, yes yeah yeah that is where I'd go um, and I mean then you could make claims like well Minecraft was made by a Swedish guy so he's True. of our ancestry but again, I get it doesn't have the form of the past. It, it right. It's it's in the modern era, so it doesn't have the form of the past. It's not a connection to the ancestors. You could argue it's a connection to the folk, I guess. But mm-hmm. when you're doing bloat, yes, part of it is connecting to the folk. A bigger part is connecting to the gods and to the ancestors. 
and I just don't really think that meeting in Minecraft would be appropriate because first of all it'd be hard to take that seriously because a face-to-face conversation feels closer mm-hmm. uh, second of all that's mixing religious and recreation to an extreme degree and third I think there's actually something important to having this like um, physical proximity so I, th- I think the Minecraft one is a joke we all know that right but with virtual reality just around the corner, not around the corner, existing currently, I just can't afford one. I'm sure there's a program where we could all put on our HTC Vives and go into a program that was not a game. It was a virtual meeting place. And maybe we could put furniture and stuff around so it would feel appropriate it have the right feel you could have the stop virtually the stalling the horns and swords and bullies and all of that stuff and we could just all meet virtually we'd see each other's avatars which for this would be designed to look very similar to us we could hear each other talk see each other move stuff like that i mean it's better than minecraft i'll give it that but i still don't think that'd be appropriate because I just think there's something important about this physical proximity and seeing one another face to face. And sharing something like because we share mead we drink the same mead we pass it around we hear the words we feel the warmth we are experiencing the same uh, environment it's it's being in that same room with the other people like there's nothing wrong with the virtual reality meeting up I've no, done that before no, in my past, and it's it's fine. I've made friends. It's great, but it's different when you're in person. You get more subtle nuances between yes. each other, and the and that are... kind of helps. That kind of helps a, a bloat in general because, yeah, you might have thought if you were going to say something, but you go to bloat, you may say something completely different, and it's not just because somebody else said something. It could just be the environment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I know that I usually go first, obviously. Um, And a lot of times I have something sort of planned to say. And just because of the environment or the mood that we've set up, I get inspired to say something completely different. And, you know, I, I almost always embrace that. I'm like, I feel inspired to say this instead. I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mead's a really good example because we all drink from the same... And this is nice since we don't have, uh, since we don't have a huge kindred. We have a relatively small kindred. We don't have to worry so much about everybody getting everybody else sick, which was a problem. And uh, the other kindred I was a part of, which retired, great people, Hofbra. Uh, I love that kindred. But there were a lot of kids coming at one time, and you know, during the winter, we would all have our own horn, and we'd we'd pour out from the communal horn, and everybody would get some into their own horn uh, just because we didn't want everybody getting sick. You know? mm-hmm. So it made sense. It's really nice we don't have to do that. That still worked and still had the same symbolism, basically. But it's nice we don't have to do that because we literally all drink from this horn and then we we bloat it by pouring it into the bully. So the horn we drank from also goes into the bully, which is then bloated to the gods. And that's a cool connection. We have physically, all of us have physically drank the same mead that we then gave to the to the gods through the conduit of the earth. 
because we. Because I mean, um, it, it would be possible that you open a bottle and ship off sections of it to everybody. <sighs> yeah, I mean, but it's not really the same, is it? It's not. It's not. Uh, so, and I mean, that's something that is very tempting to do. I think because, and and maybe it's better than nothing. Maybe it's better than not having a kindred at all. But like, mm-hmm. as osotruers, and as, especially if you have. If you've got some really strict ideas, you know, you're not willing to compromise, which I'm not. I'm the first to admit I don't compromise on what I consider important. But Austrians are sort of few and far between. I mean, if you take us as a number, um, yeah, it's a big number, but that's from all over the world. It's unlikely your next door neighbor is going to be Austro. You know, you might be running across people in other states. Or people in other countries. And wouldn't it be neat, like for the Hugenhoff kindred, wouldn't it be neat if we could all meet virtually and have somebody from another country be a guest to the bloat, or another state, or even start having regulars um, come to bloat? It'd be cool, we'd have more people, more things to talk about, whatever. Yeah, sure, that'd be neat, but it's not the same thing when you're doing it virtually as when you're doing it face to face so because like it, it it's it feels more intimate and it feels like family when you're there you know yes at least for me uh, it, you do it virtually these guys could be the best people in the world and they're your best buddies and your friends and everything and yeah you'll take a bullet for them or whatever but there's something to be said about meeting in person there is, and, and it, it's, it's and it's greater than anything. It it's very hard to put into words, but I feel like most people understand the difference, even if it's difficult to to put into words. Um, and I do think some of the big things are like you mentioned those really subtle nuances that you're not going to catch anywhere else. And even just being in the exact same environment, down to the smells, which smells are like. They're important. Uh, I'm sure everybody has some smell that triggers a memory. So, so just being in that truly same environment where literally everything is exactly the same, and sharing that space, and then sharing that meat, and then sharing that time together, is what makes blow powerful. So, as much as it would be cool if you could do it virtually, I just it would not be the same. Honestly, I wouldn't suggest anybody do it. Even if you don't have a kindred, I'd just be like, well, keep talking to people and keep meeting with people. But I just don't think, I just don't think it'd be the same. And it'd it'd almost be a disservice to the true power that a bloke can hold. However, Mm -hmm. if you really can't find anybody, there's nothing wrong. And I do suggest having your own bloats. You don't have to have people to have a bloat. You can still do a bloat by yourself, which truly is better than nothing. A kindred is ideal, but if you don't have the people around you, you know, do your own stuff. And I think that'd actually be better than some sort of virtual reality bloat thing. And since uh, I have mead access now, <laughs> I, oh, can, yeah. uh, I, I, I can have a bloat here when I'm not able to go down and see you guys. Yeah, so that's yeah. good for me. And yes, it is absolutely better than nothing. I think it's nice. It's very intimate and interesting. Uh, I still prefer going to the Hugenhoff floats than doing yeah. it alone. But yes, it, it still can be very nice. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, 
I obviously would much rather have everybody over, but, you know, we can't meet as often as we used to. We're still meeting regularly, but just because kids, kids make life so crazy. They're worth it, aren't you? <laughs> you have to you say need that a bath? there. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's asking for a bath. She's adorable. Uh, that's my oldest. Um, they're totally worth it, but they do make things crazy. So especially, you know, now that we're cut down a little bit, it it's really nice that you have the meat so you can do it on your own. And we do a couple on our own, too. We still try to do one every single month, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the individual ones are good, too. They They are, I get something out of them. I get a lot out of them. But the actual meeting together as a kindred is absolutely my favorite and the thing i want to do uh unfortunately the stop gap of well let's all get vibes and meet up that way because <laughs> then nobody has to drive and it can we can squeeze it in a little shorter it just doesn't it just doesn't work and i think that's one well, of those limits of technology our, our bloats last all night like okay the they bloat do. doesn't but we go there and we hang out all night and not only do we get to do the bloats we hail we oath we do all this stuff mm-hmm and it's a lot of fun. Afterwards, we get to have dinner, and we get to chat about it. We talk about anything that's come up during it. it we we just have a nice cool-down period afterwards, yeah. too. And it, just the whole thing, it's great. For bloat, you get to hang out with the kids, see how they're growing yeah. up. <laughs> Even if you don't want to. No, I'm joking. But No, I'm not joking. Even if you didn't want to, you still have to hang out with the kids. They're growing up. <laughs> they're crazy, but they're growing up fast. But yeah, there's 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 a whole thing, and I think that's um I I do really like where our kindred is now. As and anybody out there, if you're not in this situation, you know it it takes time. Um, we're all actually yeah, legitimately really good friends. And being a small kindred, part of me is like, man, I really wish I had a couple more members because that'd be cool to have more people. But another part of me is like, it's really nice to be bloating with my best friends. And since yeah. I'm antisocial, my only friends. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but it is. It's really nice to be to that place where you're like, these are like legitimately my best friends now. And I, I mean, actually, I guess you, I knew even before I started the Kindred. Um, yes. Significantly We started before. it together, sir. We did. Yeah. Yeah. You were the, the other founding member that's still around. So. Yeah. So it's 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 really cool to be in a place though where you get to blow with people who are your best friends. Um so yeah, that that's a nice place. That's a nice place to be. But anyway, as far as technology goes, it's hard to know exactly where to draw that line. I think anything that's a tool to make bloat better, like reading a story from your phone, is fine. And anything else that's a distraction is obviously not fine, but I think that you do have to all be in one place. Uh, I think a phone's about as far as you can go, or whatever reading device you use. If it's a reading device to let you read your poem or lore, that's okay. Pretty much anything further is probably not okay. I can't think of any midline things that'd be further than a phone, but not like we're doing VR well, bloat. I mean, so we, we have the the fire, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we can't have fire in some place. So a light, I don't know. We, yeah. we run a light there instead. 
Yes, that it's that would symbolism. also be a, that would also be appropriate. Symbolically, you still have light, but you're not actually having a fire because there's a burn ban, or maybe you're doing it inside or something. Yeah, that that would be that would be okay too. I feel like the light is less technology than the phone. Um, mm. Something like like if you wrote your story on the computer and you brought your computer like a laptop and you oh, brought gosh. your laptop, that would be too far. I don't. I feel like the phone, it's in your palm, it's totally just to read the story, that's that's fine, that works well. But like popping out the laptop, seems like that would start becoming a distraction, if not for you, then for the other people. So, so next I, time I'm going to, your Chromecast, cast my my story up onto the screen right, and read it from your right. TV, what do you say? Yeah, um, I mean, though that sounds like a good idea, I feel like that would probably be too far. Well, and back to the light, I feel like a light, again, it's not distracting, is fine. If you Chromecast pretend fire, even though mm. you could argue that's more realistic because it's closer to fire, it's really a huge distraction, it and would I distract. don't think I would like that. I, I, I think that would be not okay. A little fire we can stare at and focus on, but we're not really staring and focusing on yeah. like a candle or anything. We're, we're listening. It, it gets a subdued lighting, which is nice. But on yes. a TV screen, that's going to be super bright, and it's going to be very moving and yeah. distracting. Yeah. So that would not be okay. So I think as far as technology goes, even though I'm a huge technophile, I love technology, if I had money, if I had more money, not even enough money, if I had more money, I would already have a Vive. It's just technology is like my thing. I really think technology needs to have a relatively small place in, um, in bloat. And I'm talking a phone to read your stories by, a light to replace the fire, <clears throat> fine, stuff like that. But not really, no more than that. No virtual bloats, no having giant TVs with pretend fires on them, and no laptop computers open on the Stolly. None of that, just, you know barest of minimums as far as technology goes so i feel sort of old-fashioned saying that but I, I really think that is i really think that's the right way to go so number 50 50th episode it is more than more than four years now i'm looking at your web page right now and i think you need to update something oh do i probably yes i haven't updated because it for five I, I'm years five years then, <coughs> then this may be accurate ish uh, you you say we've met for nearly six years on the front page. It's oh. been quite longer than six years. Oh gosh, I we do started need to... in the mid two thousands. I think I oh may have we're been, so like, old. It may have been two thousand five, maybe two thousand six. It, it may have been doing this for ten years. When we were kids, were Pokemon more. was in black and white. Well, I didn't actually play Pokemon, and I don't play it now. I, I did such a square. It, I, I didn't play Pokemon back in the day. I, I play this new one now, though. But yeah, it's we've been around popular. for more than 10 years, probably. Gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, I guess I will have to update that one of these days. How the time flies. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even have kids. I know. And now, I guess... That's so weird, because I've only had kids for two years. 
but yeah. I say things like, gosh, I knew you before I had kids. And it's like, that's not actually a big deal. It just we feels knew each like other before it is. We were married, sir. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, that one's a big, that one's a big deal because there are very few people who fall into that category. I mean, my wife, obviously. I knew her before <laughs> we were married. Um, but yeah, very few people fall into that category outside the family, you know, brother, sister, right, mom, right. dad, stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. And we've been doing this for a long while, so yeah. hope everybody enjoys it. Uh, we're not stopping anytime soon. I mean, the nice thing about the monthly podcast is I think both of us are very busy. Uh, we mm. got a lot of stuff going on. Back in the day, I think we were both doing uh, a couple other podcasts, actually, so we, we were yeah. busy with that podcasting, and this uh, sort of took a backseat. We're like, it's only once a month we can keep up, and then I had kids and basically stopped doing everything, because that's a huge, it's a huge, exciting thing, but, I mean, it takes a lot of time. So I, I, had I dropped. You had the book <laughs> that you were writing, which was a huge deal, so... I like the monthly format simply because for a normal person who has an active life and a full-time job, you can mm -hmm. still find time once a month to record a podcast. Granted, it's usually a panic text message to Lore saying, <laughs> oh shoot, I forgot a podcast, um, it's the 28th, can you record one tonight? But still, again, this is why you always podcast with your friends, because uh, they're more understanding. But yeah, we've been doing it for a long time. You know, if anybody else wants to do it, you totally should. Just start with a monthly, because you can handle yeah. it. And uh, Northern Runes Radio is really um, active and getting more people on their stream, and, and, and a lot of people will see your podcast. Or, you know, if you want to ask me any questions, I'm always more than willing to talk about it, or Lord, I'm sure. I mean, you can email me to get in touch with him if, if you needed to do that. Yeah, um, I, I've been podcasting for years i yeah. started before you did and yes, you i did. have extreme amounts of experience so yeah. yeah if you need to know something i can probably help you but he's he's got the technical side down pretty good yeah yeah and if you have any questions if i don't know the answer i'm just going to send it on to lore and ask him for the answer <laughs> and get back to you with whatever he says copy and paste it i'll give you credit um okay. But yeah, you know, something that I think would be neat, again, this idea that I like more ideas out there, not just like, oh, this is the way it is. If you really, if anybody else out there wanted to do a podcast, I think that'd be great. And if you did a monthly podcast, well, we only need three more people, and then everybody will have a weekly podcast to listen to. They listen yep. to mine, yours, yours, and yours. Well, there's four, we're all doing it monthly, but... There's four weeks in a month, so you get, the on average, a podcast every week. I think that'd be cool. Uh, the NRR is, is probably is probably there now. I mean, yeah. they've got a lot of partners. Um, but it'd be great if they could have more partners. You know, the more information out there, the better. Maybe you don't like this guy. Maybe you don't like my podcast, but you'd like somebody else's take. Um, maybe you don't like somebody else, but you'd like my take. You know, it, it's not... My podcast is bad and theirs is good, or the reverse. It's, I don't like this style, or this style doesn't help me learn. So yeah, I would totally suggest other people uh, get into a podcast and just start it monthly, because that's not impossible. Yeah, and the first thing you do is you make one podcast for yourself. You listen to it, see if you can do it, see if you can stand the sound of your own voice, which you may yeah. not be able to do at yeah. first. It takes a while, but you know... 
make sure you get comfortable probably before you start posting it because I don't know about you, but some of the first episodes that I've ever done were really bad. Yeah, and I had been, I mean, people can still go out there and listen to episode zero. Oh, always make an episode zero. It's an introductory episode, but you don't really want it in the numbered thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, I love episode zeros. Anywho, anyway, I can't ever start with zero because zero, or no, I can't ever start with one because in arrays, the first record is zero and the second record is one. Anyway, mm. um, it is. It's <laughs> it makes sense, but it doesn't. Anyway, I, sorry, that's total tangent. The whole um, thing has been a tangent. <laughs> the whole thing has been a tangent. That's true. Uh, but yeah, I had already been doing podcasts with Lore for a while before I started this one, which was a big help because even your first podcast, you know, which would probably be just, well, I guess you and your co-host, listen back to it. And if you can't make it through, then maybe be like, okay, let's just talk for a while and get used to this and then mm-hmm. maybe try to post it out there somewhere um, and at least make the sound quality tolerable. I know mine's yeah. not great. It's not as good as a lot of other podcasts I listen to, but I think I'm legible. And I guess a pet peeve of mine is sometimes you will have a podcast that's literally illegible. Well, I don't know if illegible is the right word. I don't think it is. but Unlistenable? Like, yeah, you can't understand what they are saying. Or you have to concentrate real, real hard to understand what they're saying, and don't do that. If 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 you're having that trouble, please send me an email because between TeamSpeak and Audacity, I'm sure you can get something that's listenable. And those programs and, are both free. They are free, but microphones aren't. And yep. if you do not have a great microphone, it can be difficult. You can get a t- microphone. Um, I, For I like, still like thirty dollars. Yeah, that was, that was good. Blue was a good microphone. I, I'm using something completely different now, but they're not. You, you you can get something that isn't too expensive. Just do some research. You can look on the websites, look at their reviews and stuff. Uh, listen to other podcasts, see what they recommend, that kind of thing. Yeah, and but, you have a nice microphone. My microphone was twenty eight dollars. Yeah, and I have a Behringer and a mixer. <laughs> a Behringer microphone and a mixer for this, and I still don't sound too great. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't have the fancy equipment because I'm a poor guy. Um, no, it's actually because I have kids. They take a lot of money. Well, I mean, you're just using a headset, right? Yeah. Yeah. Headsets Heads- are fine. Headset with a mic on it. Yeah, but I know to get, like, really great sound quality, you'd want one of those, like, stand-up mics or whatever. And then headphones in addition to that if you also wanted and headphones. Again, that's another reason why you do a test is you will notice that you'll probably breathe into the mic. Like, I'm like two-fifths away from my microphone right now, so you shouldn't hear too much of my breathing. Yeah. There's a lot of little things that you pick up in like a first listen, so actually that's a good thing. Just talk for like five minutes and see if it sounds okay. Just for a sound check, um... Every time I change something about my computer, like, I have to get a new microphone would be the most obvious one. Or, you know, whatever. Something big changed. I've been doing audio stuff for other things. I always start by doing a quick sound check. Just being like, hey, this is me talking, blah, blah, blah. And then listening back to it, see if the levels are right and stuff like that. Um, Which I probably need to do again because 
TeamSpeak wanted to be updated tonight, and mm-hmm. I was like, nope, I'm about to do a podcast. I will push this off. So you know, I'll probably have to do that for next month. But, you know, they, they're all these things we're totally willing to talk about. I just really encourage people to do podcasts because I want there to be... It, it's selfish, but I want there to be more podcasts out there, and I think other people will a- appreciate them too. So, yeah, a monthly one, totally doable. Agreed. Anyway, um, well, I guess since it's our 50th anniversary, uh, <laughs> Lore, thanks for being on because you've been on the majority of these, and it's definitely super nice to have somebody to talk to on, I'm glad on I, here. I'm glad I can do them now. Um, before we would just do them at the bloats, but it, you, yeah. it got so busy. It's so hard to do anything at bloat other than than bloat, which which is fine. That's probably how it should be. Because yeah, it used to be we could do them like before the bloat, but now the mm-hmm. kids are still up, so I have to watch them because my wife gets home later than me. So I have to watch the kids until bloat starts and so we can't do them there. Then after bloat we could do them but we usually start talking and stuff like that and I just I don't I don't want to ruin that interplay I suppose. So yeah mm-hmm. it's it's definitely nicer this way but I, I know I did if everybody who listens knows that I had to do a few on my own which was okay but man I really missed having a having a co-host and somebody to talk to on those so definitely thank you because you put a lot of time into the podcast and i really appreciate that not a problem that's what i'm here for (laughs) awesome well and everybody out there who's been listening all these years uh thank you for continuing to listen even though it only comes out once a month so yeah no i mean obviously the audience is the most important part of any show so you know, for the emails that you've sent or just downloading it. Cause you know, I'll check my stats once in a while and it's like, okay, do I have like 50 people listening? Is it worth doing anymore? And when I see that I do, you know, that's a, that's a, a good feeling for me. So I definitely want to thank all the listeners very much for listening to this. Hopefully you've gotten something out of it. Um, and yeah, keep listening. Cause we're going to keep doing it for, for a while longer. So yeah, we definitely appreciate you. And again, if you had any questions or, or concerns or show ideas, send those my way. You can have podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, if you're just listening, that's cool, too. We'd really appreciate it. Okay, I guess we should wrap up. Um, do you have any last thought? We sort of skipped that that yeah, section. Did, so I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to say. Oaths are good. <laughs> yes. And you should be able to take an oath, but also research it beforehand. Think about it a long time. You don't want to make a spontaneous oath. I mean, it's okay to do so, but really it's not the smartest thing in the world to do. You want to sat down and actually thought about every possibility that an oath could do to you and what you would have to do to accomplish it. Like when I owed to publish a book at a very specific time, I pushed myself really hard, and it was good that I did because I got it out there. I was hesitant on putting it out there, so yay to an oath for that. But I sat down there and thought about it a good long while before I even considered making an oath like that. As for technology during bloats, yeah, should barely be limited. You you don't want to do too much with that. And what else do we say? Oh, yeah, yay, 50th episode. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, um, I mean, I'm basically going to say the same things. I definitely want people to take O's. Just take them carefully. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, something I often say is there's no dishonor in not taking an oath. There's dishonor in taking an oath and breaking it. And I agree with yeah. that. But that doesn't mean never take an oath. Don't play your entire, don't just be like, oh, it's safer not to do this. Safety's not the only thing that matters. Sometimes you have to go out there and take a risk. And an oath is super fulfilling when you complete it. The sense mm-hmm. of pride you get from completing it is great. When you're talking about marriage oaths, just the commitment to that other person is so strong and will really hold you together when otherwise maybe you wouldn't stay together. So take oaths, but really be careful and really think about them before you take them. Uh, the Heimskringla's got some good stories about O's and how you die if you don't take them carefully. So yeah, take O's, just be careful about it. Technology, yeah, if we're not, we're not crazy people about this. We're not like, turn your phone off and put it in this, and put it in the freezer before you start a bloat. But reading off a phone, because it's a tool that makes things a little bit easier and pulls you more into bloat yeah if you want to read your stories from your phone that's great but for the most part keep technology out of bloat this is a time that you're remembering the ancestors and the gods you know don't be checking facebook or playing pokemon because you wouldn't do that or you shouldn't do that if you're meeting with like your friends and your family so don't do it in front of the gods Remember that it is a sacred time. So yeah, keep technology to a minimum with bloats. And 50 years, or 50 years. 50 years. <laughs> Not wow. that long. Whoops. 50 episodes. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been really fun getting to 50 episodes. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Laura, again, thank you very much for being on all this time with me. And to all the listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot. I think that's it. So I will say that if you want to check out my website, you can at hugenhoff.org, H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. If you want to send me an email, do that at hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, do subscribe to the RSS if you're not already. That way you don't miss a bloat. I, uh, you don't miss an episode. <laughs> rather i know they're only coming out monthly so it's easy to miss an episode just subscribe to the rss podcast tab of my webpage. check out the northern runes radio if you haven't you can even subscribe to their rs and get my episodes finally lore where do we find your book just go to stevenoaks.com s-t-e-v-e-n-a-k-s.com and you'll find some links there to the amazon store all right well thank you everyone for listening and we will talk to you next month for a hell Raw hell.